0: hi and welcome back to the beyond failure podcast
1: it's been a minute
0: yeah i'm your host elizabeth (laughs) torvick sorry i just really wanted to (laughs) say you have a
1: great voice for that (laughs) let's be honest
0: yeah it's been a hot minute
1: it's been a wild ride y'all yeah we don't even have to like dive into why I don't think right now, no,
0: I think it's just life, like literally, yeah, um running a few businesses in, when the economy is in a tough spot is not for the faint of heart. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah. I think that's it. We don't need to go all into the ins and outs of yeah, running our businesses or anything, but yeah, it's just been tough, and I think we should we realized we should have made it clear, but We'll make it clear now when we say, like, if, you know, the the w- first thing that's going to be put on the back burner when our schedules get really busy and when they get filled up is going to have to be this podcast, yeah. unfortunately, but we will do it when we can.
1: Yeah, it's so hard because we really do value this. And yeah, of course. Part of what we want to talk about is a lot of the things that we're currently experiencing in our business, in our relationship, mm-hmm. in our life. And so it has been challenging the last, I guess, four or five weeks or however long it's yeah. been since we put something else out. Cause we're like yeah, oh, about a I, month probably. I know we want and need to yeah, talk like, about oh, these we things. Wanna,
0: yeah, we wanna do the podcast. But
1: we're right in the middle of them. So thank y'all for having patience and grace for our process too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we have been wanting to do for this episode, we've been wanting to talk about mental health because that's such a big important part of overall health. And so um, we've been really excited to dive into that a bit and talk about some of the things that we've done, some tools that we've um, utilized to get to a better place mentally. And, yeah, they've helped us, I think, tremendously and are a huge part of our journey. And we love sharing with other people, our friends and family, and talking about it. So that's what we want to talk about today.
1: Yeah, I think these tools that we'll talk about have been – some of the major factors in our life and in our relationship that have allowed us to be entrepreneurs and have creative pursuits and endeavors and I guess somewhat hold it together emotionally and mentally in the midst of Massive amounts of stress and anxiety, and just obstacles yeah. in our way business and relational and family and otherwise.
0: Yeah, I think we can be completely 100% honest when we say that it's definitely an ongoing practice because A million percent. I think we are in some of the hardest years that we ever have been and ever will be, and it's just setting the foundation of our life, if you will. It's it's starting things over and over and when they don't work it's pivoting and pivoting and pivoting again and again and again and it's very difficult and so it's gonna be extremely trying and I think to an extent that's part of why we haven't recorded this episode because we've been in the thick of it literally walking those
1: things out and we
0: knew our next one was gonna be on mental (laughs) health and it was like I have to be in a place to be able to Okay, I'm okay, so I'm gonna share from that place of yeah. being okay, yeah, but it's yeah, it's definitely not always easy, and I want to like be transparent about that. Yeah. I want to be honest always about the fact that like it's been really tough this last few years, and like we're hanging in there, we're doing all right, but it's hard, it's yeah. really hard sometimes, yeah. and um, so yeah, of course, everything we talk about, just like you know, even with physical health, it's an ongoing practice. And it's something you need to constantly remember to put into play in your own life. So yes, that's
1: that's one thing I was going to say, too. And you kind of alluded to it was just like we did talk about nutrition, we talked about some of the physical health things. We are never coming from this place of arrival, like, and that's kind of the point of what we're saying right now is like, Mm -hmm. we are, we're walking it out currently, all of these tools for you know emotional healing and physical healing and all of these things we're in the midst of being faced with tension faced with anxiety and having these choices to operate with those tools to utilize the things that we've learned or not and so we're very much so in the midst of that battle and want to communicate from that place it's never from like look we figured it out and we've like got it down you should too we're in that fight with y'all for For sure sure.
0: yeah so a little backstory on my mental and emotional health, I guess, um, which I feel like we touched on maybe in the first episode a bit, and it kind of ties into the diagnosis I got with that mutation or whatever. But um, I grew up very, very, very anxious and depressed, and uh, my childhood was just tough. Like we had, we went through a lot of stuff as a family, and and my siblings and I. Um, as a little unit, we're very close because we went through so much together. But, um, I think, well, now I realize I don't know how much of it was from the mutation because apparently anxiety and depression play a pretty big part or are a big factor of this mutation. And, um, obviously my family and I were not aware of that mutation our whole, like, you know, up until just a year or two ago. So that's a very new finding. Um, but yeah, to make a longer story short, I grew up very much struggling, like struggling hardcore. I was a young kid and I remember being very depressed. Like I just struggled so much and it got so bad to the point where I definitely like contemplated suicide, which is crazy and so sad to think about and looking, Gosh, yeah. look back on like being an eight year old kid and just being in that bad, in that dark of a place. And thankfully, I never, you know, actually attempted suicide or, you know, went there. But I just had a lot of pent up anger, pent up pain, Mm. mainly pain um, that I didn't know how to deal with and that my family didn't know how to deal with themselves and how to help me deal with it as a kid. And, you know, we grew up in the early 2000s when there just, again, wasn't kind of like the the physical health stuff or the food stuff. It's like there wasn't a lot of language for this type yeah, of stuff. Right. And counseling was still kind of seen as voodoo and stuff. And, you know, my parents put us in um, counseling, talk therapy when we were young and when they first got divorced. And it was just very surface, you know, we would go to the school counselors and stuff like that. But it was just very surface. That's the best way I can describe it. It didn't do what I needed it to do. It didn't deliver me from my pain or help me process a lot of the like huge emotions that I was experiencing. So, um, I'm grateful for it because I don't know where I would have been without it or what it did save me from, but it just wasn't, the extent that I needed that's for sure (laughs) so um my dad is a licensed clinical social worker he got his master's degree in social work and I always wanted to be his guinea pig when he was like (laughs) you know wanting to test stuff out on us um you know I I was mainly like middle school high school age um when he was really kind of you know learning a lot going to like Anthony Robbins conferences and yeah. just like learning a lot and soaking a lot in himself. Um he would be like, I learned this new thing and I'd be like, sign me up. I wanna try it. You know, here I like am. Yeah, like here I am, use me. <laughs> Shit can't get any worse. Like <laughs> uh I'm sure that it could. I know that it could, but I, at the time that that's how I felt. I have everything to gain gain and, and nothing to lose, exactly. I'm not really good with phrases, and Philip <laughs> knows that, so he's helping me out. Thank you. So, yeah, I was always, like, very excited. Like, who knows what could work? Who right. knows what could make me feel better, you know? Like- if there's any <clears throat> ounce
1: of relief, sign me up.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, we also didn't have a lot of language for what was going on. I just knew that I wasn't happy. Like, I knew that I hated life, basically, and that life could get better. Like, I was like, surely it's... It's possible to get better, right? You know, like, it's not this... It shouldn't be this horrible. And so I didn't have a lot of language. I didn't know exactly what was going on with me. I just knew that I didn't feel great. And I was always down to try to feel better. Try things out to feel better anyway. Um, And so, yeah, basically, as my dad was introduced things... Introduced to things and concepts and therapies and exercises and things you could do... um, I was introduced to them and my siblings were introduced to them. And so, um, two of the things that really I feel like were game changing, and this was around the time that Philip and I were dating, um, and knew we wanted to get married, but also knew that we had a lot of baggage and mm-hmm. knew that we had a <laughs> lot of things to work through on our own individually before we were gonna come together and start a family or just like be a, a unit. unit. Yeah. yeah. Um And so when we were dating, we really faced a lot of challenges. I think we, you know, came together and it was, like, amazing and beautiful and perfect in so many ways. But also, like, brutal, very (laughs) obvious that there's going to be a lot of shit we have to deal with, especially if we want to make this work long term. And so we... It it was a very obvious to us. I mean, yeah. we were just struggling so much. We, like, you know, needed to learn how to communicate together. You didn't grow up communicating. Yeah. And I grew up maybe, at least in my later years, like, over-communicating. And um, that was a tough matchup. Sure. And I just remember my dad introducing us to two specific therapies that when he introduced us to them... We were like, we're doing this, yeah. Like, and at
1: all, any cost, like,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, I I mention my dad a lot when I talk about this stuff because he is, he's the reason for it. I mean, he helped us so much, not just in introducing us to it, introducing us to it, but excuse me, um. Helping us financially. Like facilitating like, yeah, the facilitating connections. facilitating, yeah. exactly, like, the um, places we were going to go to get these therapies, and, like, he really, really helped us, and we're oh. always so, so grateful for him, um, to him for that. But, yeah, so um, those two therapies that I'm talking about are called EMDR, which is short for, uh, let's see if I can remember it. Okay, so it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And basically what it does, I'm going to do like very shortened version of what these therapies are so that, because one, I'm not a licensed clinical, (laughs) you know, therapist or anything. And also it's just not that fun to go into like all the like nitty gritty. Yeah, the science behind
1: everything. Yeah, like I don't want to bore anyone with that.
0: The gist of it is that it, mimics um basically what your brain does during REM sleep. REM sleep, it is when during REM sleep is when your brain processes through the day's events. Yeah. Um and so what EMDR does is it mimics that bilateral stimulation of when you're in REM sleep your eyes are moving and it triggers the brain to process. Mm-hmm. And so um, EMDR is basically having a somebody who's certified to do this, um, guiding you through basically you can um focus on some like, you know, undealt with trauma or, you know, just painful memories. Doesn't you don't even have to call it trauma, but yeah. but just some some kind of painful memory if you can't get through a story without crying or, you know, you can just tell there's a tinge of pain when you talk about something. That's a good sign that you haven't processed through it fully. And, um, so basically you will do something that triggers that that bilateral movement. You can hold paddles, which is mainly what I did. I don't know if that's what you did during yours.
1: I, so I did both. I did the paddles and I also did the light bar.
0: Yeah. So the paddles are basically little, um, paddles that you hold on in each hand and they'll vibrate back and forth. And it's basically just triggering, like I said, that bilateral stimulation. Um, and, or you can, I liked to do the paddles because I liked to close my eyes. I feel like I already naturally mm-hmm. process with my eyes closed a lot. And so I tended to like that more, but I did try, the light bar as well, which is basically just a light bar that um, goes back and forth. And it's basically the same thing. It's just triggering that back and forth so that you can let the brain know, hey, we're going to process now. Yeah. And so um we both did that at the same time. We did couples therapy, like premarital counseling, mm-hmm. kind of just like preparation on like how to communicate and how to be the best version of ourselves for each other and for our own selves. And, um, and at the same time did, um, EMDR individually. And, um,
1: we also did, I think like we did the couples therapy with our therapist. mm -hmm. And then we also did some like loose kind of premarital therapy with our pastor at the time as well. Or
0: we didn't really do it with him, but we did the like Danny Silk stuff or whatever. Yes. We did some, like we, we were also of- <laughs> in church, yeah. yeah, which is where we met. and that's a whole other story, whole but other story, yeah. um yeah. we did we kind of we basically were just like, dude, we know we have issues. <laughs> we're going to dedicate our Buckshot, everything,
1: everything goes. yeah, like, like
0: we're throwing everything at this yeah. because we want to make this work. And yeah. I come from a family that, has a lot of divorce and I knew that I didn't want that. I knew that I wasn't going to get married just to get divorced. So sure. I was like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really do this and I feel like I want to. So let me make sure that it's going to work. Yeah. And I also um you have a lot of, you know, marriage in your family but not really many examples of marriage that we would want to do it like. Sure. We just didn't have many examples of marriages that we felt like yeah I can like be gung-ho about that and like and be really excited to do this for the rest of my life like it was a very very big deal to us basically is what I'm getting at very serious decision yeah and and we did not take it lightly by any means and I think our life and and what we chose to do is it makes that pretty obvious (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but yeah so then the other thing which was which came shortly after EMDR um, is neurofeedback and neurofeedback is very interesting it basically um it it starts off with a QEEG which they use those in hospitals to like check brain activity and stuff yeah. so so a lot of people may be familiar with what a Q is but basically they they check where your brain is at and how it's functioning basically yeah. they just check the different brain waves and like what are these waves doing and what are these doing here? And they can basically read um, exactly what's going on. So you can't bullshit yeah. this, which I love. Yeah. Um, because you don't know how much of what you're doing or saying is subconscious. Like yeah. you're like, no, I'm not that bad. But like inside you're really bad and freaking out.
1: Because we, we kind of operate on autopilot so often. Definitely. Someone's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. And it's it's of course, that's like a normal response when you're yeah. talking to people. Like n- not everyone wants to meet somebody like, "Hey, how are you doing? Like, I'm mm-hmm. actually, it's really fucked up right now. <laughs> and like life is horrible. Right. It's like there's obviously some societal We're so used standards to right. Yeah. But it's like this uh, cut through all the robotic responses that we have. And it's like, no, literally, you might tell me you're fine, but your brain's going ape shit right now,
0: exactly. Yes. And during your initial tests, like they'll put you through different like quote unquote, common stressors. Um, and so it's basically to try to get a rise out of you because it's like, what happens when something stressful happens? Like what, what is your brain doing? You know, but also like, I knew that going through that was good for me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I knew I'm glad I I was like, I'm glad I'm going through something triggering because I, in order to Mm -hmm. deal with it, it needs to come to the surface. Yeah. Um, neurofeedback basically is that seeing exactly where your brain is, seeing what its coping mechanisms are, and then retraining it to do what you want it to do, um, which is so very cool. It's such a great concept. Um, we did ours with Mark Jones, Mark S. Jones, I believe. There's two like well-known Mark (laughs) Jones in San Antonio, but this one is very, um, well-known for neurofeedback and he has been doing it for, I don't know how many years and, um, we're just so blessed by him and, and so grateful for all the work that he's done in that field. Um, so he's the one that looked at our scans and was able to develop a protocol for us to retrain our brains. And, and, um, sometimes it's getting more of a specific wave. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, suppressing waves when there's too much or they're too high. Hyperactivity. Exactly. Um, And there's eyes closed protocols. There's eyes open protocols. There's like, it's very fascinating. If any of this sounds interesting to you, please look into it because I feel like before these therapies, we did not know that (laughs) they were a possibility. Like we didn't know that there was very real things scientifically proven. Yeah. That completely change
1: yeah. and, and your psychology. I needed things, too, that cut through the bullshit. Because I, I knew, especially with my upbringing that we'll get into, like, I can't just have someone that says, how are you feeling? And yeah. I tell you what I'm feeling. Yeah. And then we do something based on that. I Like, I need... I needed that Mm -hmm. science. I needed something to tell me like, no, you don't realize you're responding. Like your brain is responding to tension in this way without you even knowing about it. Right. I might think I'm calm, but I'm not Mm -hmm. like what, what I have thought for so many years was normal and like calm and collected. And like, yeah, I'm communicating clearly, but like my biochemistry and Mm -hmm. like my, like my hands are hot and like all these things that are happening, my heart rates elevated. These certain brain waves are going crazy and I literally had no idea that I was, my body was responding in that way.
0: Which I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to make sure to touch on that too. During neurofeedback, I was able to do biofeedback mm, as well, yeah. which they can um, just basically check like how you're breathing, if it's shallow or if it's deep, um, your sweat response, yeah. how cold and how warm your hands are. Um, all those things that are tied to stress. Um And I mean, it was very cool because I my hands were always cold, like not really clammy, but just um, like I I don't think I would sweat a lot, but they were Mm -hmm. just always cold. Like I wouldn't get good circulation to them because I was always so uptight and um, I was able to work on that. Like it's very interesting to just like trigger exactly where in your brain it needs to be triggered to say, hey, I'm okay right now. I'm not going to die. And, like, my hands can be warm right now right. type of thing. Right. Um. I guess we didn't even say with neurofeedback what ends up happening, like the way that your brain knows to do this is mine was eyes closed, what I mainly needed to work on. And so I would close my eyes and there would be a sound like some kind of music or whatever you want to listen to that plays full, like at full um, what volume yeah. when it's when your brain is doing what it's supposed to do. And then it like goes out when it's doing the opposite of what it's meant to do. So it's very <laughs> annoying because you just know, like your brain knows, I want to hear this song. Or if your eyes are open, I want to watch this movie, but it's not going to be clear until you're getting exactly what you want
1: your brain the to proper do. Proper activity of within those exactly. ways. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Super cool.
1: Mine was babbling brook. So I did. I did eyes <laughs> closed too, and I had this bab. I would always say this is babbling brook in my ears, and I'm closing my eyes, and you just whatever a babbling brook sounds mm-hmm. like and but it would keep cutting out and then coming back and it would be real quiet mm-hmm. and then you just like try to settle into it and listen yeah. to whatever and it's really interesting because you can't force anything like you, you have can't. to remove yourself yeah. and let your brain do what it was designed to do mm-hmm. which is kind of a terrifying experience i like to be in control of a lot of things and so it's like i like to be able to say here's a solution let me work at it and i'll be better at it mm-hmm. and this kind of takes that out of the picture a little bit and it's just like be there let your brain do what it's supposed to do and train it like a muscle
0: exactly it literally is like that it's like a muscle and yeah I was gonna say both of these therapies so by the time you're done with EMDR to jumping back to EMDR um it was very weird the first couple of times because I remember like going through the triggering memory and all Mm. that stuff and then at the end the therapist asked me like okay so how does it feel now when you try to focus on that memory and I couldn't think of it and it was like really bothering me like Mm -hmm. for a second like I don't know it it was just like I don't feel anything yeah with it (laughs) yeah (laughs) which kind of bothered me because I was like I've always felt sad about that yeah I've always felt hurt by that I've always been annoyed about that yeah. And I and I was just like I just feel nothing. And they were like good. And I was like, like is that, is it? that good? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so unfamiliar it's though. It's so unfamiliar yeah.
0: and that's what it is and I think with all of these therapies that we're talking about it it can be very different to be free. Like scary. Yeah, in a way scary yeah. because it's foreign and it's so different from what you're used to. But also, like, you're free. And so after those two therapies, I feel like we really were different. I mean, we were really different. Black and white. Yeah. And, and I feel like we owe a lot of it to those tools and to my dad. Um, but it was like we just, we knew exactly what we needed. We knew we were good together. Yeah. And we knew we just need a little bit of help. And if we can get that little bit of help, I think we'll be good. Yeah. And when we did, Bro. It, it was it. That was all we needed. And then we just vibed so much mm-hmm. better. It was like we communicate well. And of course that's an ongoing process. Like For sure. <laughs> we're still hundred percent actively working on communicating well. Yeah. We I mean, that's an ongoing thing with any couple, but um, I mean, it just allowed us to be the versions of ourselves that we knew we actually were meant to be. Yeah. And, and operate from that place and love each other from that place. And it was just very powerful. So by the time we got married, we were very confident that like, we've got this and we can do this and we want to do this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to choose you every day. Um, there's also something called somatic experiencing, which is very cool. And that goes a little bit into like, Our survival instincts as animals. And there's some really cool videos you can look up that, like, show a polar bear going through, like, a fight-or-flight experience where it basically shakes after it's gone through, like, this scary thing where Mm -hmm. it feels like it almost died or whatever. And it shakes, and it, like, shakes out the trauma, basically. Mm -hmm. And so somatic experiencing... Or mimics that, or or kind of like goes through that experience, where I feel like as humans we don't we don't process through the things that are affecting us. Yeah. And somebody oh, I forgot who it was. Oh, I think it was in the Selena Gomez documentary, but she was talking about how she's very passionate about like changing or bringing this into school curriculum where Mm -hmm. like in kindergarten we're like how do you feel like sunshine rainbow and like or are you having a rainy day type of thing. Yeah. And then like I don't know around second grade it's just like gone. Like there's not much (laughs) of a conversation about it. And she was talking about that and I really resonated with that because I was like, yeah, we just don't have the tools and we or we do have the tools, but we don't know about them. And especially our kids, like what we what we teach them is so much like, okay From here to here, there's this big disconnect. Yeah, yeah. this disconnect that happens where, like, we're going to talk about your feelings and then all of a sudden you have to grow your ass up Mm -hmm. and, like, don't talk about it. And especially men, (laughs) it's this whole thing, right? Yeah. And if we can just learn how to process while the thing is happening, if you're going through anything, a death in the family or you lost a friend or... Like, anything traumatic, you got in a car accident, like, you're, you know, going through a divorce, like, any number of things that can happen, this life can be very difficult. Yeah. If we can just know that these tools exist and process while we're going through it. Right. We will be so much better off. And our kids will be so much better off. And our families will be so much better off. Exactly. Because we will be dealing with it in a healthy manner yeah not bottling it up I used to bottle it up that's all I used to do I I internalized all of it and it came out in the form of anger insecurity bitterness frustration hatred like it was just like all dark it was all bad vibes because (laughs) I was hurting so much and I had so much pent-up pain it was all stemming from unprocessed and undealt with pain And, yeah, when you can, like, just learn how to process through the pain, it's a whole
1: new life. Just be, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think I became really aware of all of the mechanisms that I've used and that the people around me use in order to feel okay Mm -hmm. and to feel safe in Mm -hmm. their environments, whether it is anger or sarcasm or your know, humor, like all of these things, or whether it's isolation, the way that they pull back, I started to become really aware of you know, with family and friends and coworkers and stuff like that, where I was like, Oh, that's why you like always have to be the loudest one in the room. Or mm-hmm. that's why you escape in the midst of tension and stuff like that. And I feel like it also on the other side, outside of just my own healing throughout these processes, it also gave me a lot of empathy for people that were the exact same way that I was I'm like oh I can see you just trying to be funny to cover up the fact you're super uncomfortable right now Mm -hmm. in your skin and I would do that all the time I I used to just uh, cover everything with humor everything's a joke everything's sarcastic and it can be mean it can it can be really off-putting and I yeah for sure a lot more empathy
0: yeah I think the concept that like It's still a concept that kind of not bothers me, but something that I think about where, like, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know how much of your reactions, your responses, like who you are as a person and how you interact with others is subconscious. That shit freaks me out. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be... On autopilot. I don't want to be living my life on autopilot. I want to be very intentional with who I am, with the way that I communicate, with the way that I love people, with how I show up to my jobs and to the people that I love. Like, I I can get emotional talking about that. But it's because, like, this life and me deserve so much more than to just be going You know, and, and I don't want to be a slave to my own life. And so that concept Mm. keeps me very curious and always willing to try things that might help me improve because Mm. I'm a firm believer that you always can be better. You can always be a better version of yourself and, and I want to be the best. I want to love others. I want to love you. I want to love the people that I love so freaking gosh darn well.
1: Yeah, and yourself.
0: Yeah, you can only love others, I believe, from— or you can only love others to the capacity that you love yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I really had to learn to love myself because Mm. I I came from absolutely hating myself. Yeah. And and once I got that concept that, like, I'll only be able to love God and love other people to the capacity that I love myself— I was like, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. Like, because I, if I don't care about myself enough yet, I care about the people around me enough to fight for this yeah. and to be the best version of myself. So, yeah, I think there is still, I mean, a lot to talk about when it comes to yeah. mental health, but these are the biggest tools that I feel like really helped us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just, Yeah. I'm so grateful.
1: (laughs) Beyond grateful. I mean, my story is kind of in line with yours because a lot of the things we experienced at the same time Mm -hmm. and because, like you said, because of your dad and some of the resources and connections that he, you know, allowed us to have access to. But I think, uh, I guess, pieces of my story too can bring some more clarity and even some other opportunities to people too just in how I got access to them. Cause I got access to some of these tools in some creative ways, Mm -hmm. um, that maybe would help some people too. But I mean, growing up very similar, extremely anxious, um, it kind of ties into why, like why fitness was such an outlet for me Mm -hmm. is I I would encounter a situation with a lot of tension and a lot of anger Mm -hmm. with my family growing up and I would escape. So Mm -hmm. I would run out to our shed and I'd work out and, you know, it would be pouring rain and I'd just be crying doing lap hold downs or Mm -hmm. something. It was like one of the few ways that I got a really good mental and emotional release. And so that was kind of part of the equation for me. Um, But extremely anxious. I I think in my family, too, like I grew up in a very religious, conservative, Mm -hmm. you know, Southern Texas family. And I think because of that, all of your, like, healing and everything is kind of wrapped up in religion and in church. And I want to be very honest, but also, like, I'm not trying to, you know, hurt feelings feelings or or ruffle feathers or whatever. But it it was just very clear that there was a lot of very broken people, a lot of very broken circumstances seeking solely for healing within the circle. Yeah. And it was pretty obvious to me that there was a lot of like depth of trauma that Mm -hmm. needed to be worked out underneath the surface.
0: I mean, to an extent, isn't that what we're all doing?
1: Million percent.
0: You know, like we're all subconsciously trying to find answers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And so growing up very anxious, I think it's, it manifested itself in a lot of different ways, but It would always kind of end up labeling me as either lazy or, Mm -hmm. I mean, messy. A lot of these things. Like it got you labeled. Yeah, it got me labeled these things where, and I I guess I could say I was in those moments because of the anxiety. It was very difficult for me to, like, pursue working. It was very difficult for me to, like, keep my space in order because my brain wasn't in order. My brain was chaotic. Mm -hmm. My emotions were all over the place and very suppressed. And so was my environment. So was my bedroom. So was my car. So was whatever. Right. And it made it very, very difficult for me to kind of pop out of the system and pursue and grow. And there was a lot of tension with that for me because I'm also hyper ambitious. I've Mm -hmm. got big dreams. I feel like I'm very creative. I'm very expressive. And like I want all of these things for my life. And that was part of the tension early on in our relationship where we were like we knew very, very quickly Within communicating with each other that, like, hey, we're going to get married. Like, this is amazing. We love each other. We're so good together. But like you said, there's a shit ton that we've got to work out. Like, there's a lot that needs to be worked out. And it was that tension that kind of... A
0: lot of pain. A
1: lot of pain.
0: That's all it was. Yeah. So much pain on both sides. And
1: Yeah. And so I, I remember there was a few situations that we kind of without going again there's a lot that we could talk about but without going into all of the details where it kind of came to a place of like if we don't work these things out emotionally and if like I remember you told me like if you don't get healing in this area Mm -hmm. we can't be together Mm -hmm. and I want to be together like we love each other so much
0: yeah but
1: we I can't deal with this form of communication with this insecurity and with this anxiety that's keeping us from actually growing and becoming stable and becoming strong together and becoming a unit.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we both knew that like it wasn't going to work yeah. if we didn't. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely remember having that conversation with you that kind of came out in the form of an ultimatum, but yeah, but not in an ugly way. It was just like, like, you just just said, like of yeah, yeah, this is not going to work. Yeah. We won't like as much as we love each other and are in love. It isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to say, but like love on its own, <laughs> unfortunately, it just, it doesn't. You yeah. have to work out the ugliness in yep. you, you yep. know, the ugly stuff.
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of moving beyond the love and even the lust of a young relationship mm-hmm. too. And we were together for about three and a half years before we actually got married, three to three and a half but years. I think
0: it was three, right?
1: Yeah, probably about
0: I always th- say three.
1: Well, okay, so we like talked for like six <laughs> oh, months. Yeah. We talked for like and again, so many things could be mm-hmm. so many other episodes, but mm-hmm. we talked for like six months before we actually started dating. And sure, we dated yeah. for about th- almost exactly okay. three years or just yeah, over three you're years. You're right, you're right. So three to three and a half years. Officially
0: three, but Officially yeah.
1: three. But yeah, I mean it was yeah, it was we knew very early on, but like you said, there's so much that needed to be worked out mm-hmm. and so, I mean, that was kind of the start of introducing me, again, coming from this very religious place of, yeah. uh, uh, of course, I want to pray through things. Right, I want right. to, you know, seek counsel from people and pastors and whoever that, you know, maybe have some wisdom in this area. And then being like, man, I there's there's brain stuff, like there's things stuck <laughs> in me that sure. need to be unlocked, deep dug neuropathways pathways yes. that are nearly impossible to hop out of. You
0: can't do that by yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: impossible. And I knew that because I was like, I've freaking tried. Oh. I've prayed all the yes. prayers. I've done all the talk therapy. Yeah. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of like, I was like, there's something physically that won't let me. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. needing to go to a meeting for a martial art class to like pursue opening another class at a different school and like like doing these mm-hmm. things and the crazy increased heart rate Mm. and just like, I'd be sitting in my car counting down the seconds till I had to get out. And my hands are on the steering wheel, white knuckled, like so anxious just just to like talk to someone like, Hey, would you be willing for me to teach classes here? Like, and, and I remember it's like, there's one situation I can remember that I can talk about very briefly is like I, I went to pursue teaching another class at a martial arts school and helping them with their programs And that situation, white knuckle, counting down, I'm sweating. I'm so anxious. And I went in to talk to the people and the guy I needed to meet with wasn't there. He wasn't Mm -hmm. able to actually come in. And like, maybe we can set up another call or something like that. And I was like, absolutely, like left. And I was just so relieved Mm -hmm. that I didn't actually have to talk to the guy. Mm -hmm. And this self-sabotage affected my whole life. And so every situation, every opportunity for growth and success that came my way, always had that self-sabotage attached to it where so i would sad. be relieved that i didn't have more to do i didn't have to have the You're conversation
0: that like it didn't work
1: i'd rather be stuck yeah like it was so much more comfortable so much more familiar and then you had
0: the excuse
1: yeah i had the yeah. excuse i was like i mean i i tried
0: yeah i didn't it's not, not, not try yeah i yeah. went
1: i set up the meeting i went mm-hmm. and talked to them he wasn't there so it's his, yeah, fault. Yeah. his fault i don't have money right now right and man that that Circumstance played out over and over and over in my life. Mm -hmm. So many different things that I could go on about, but Mm -hmm. man, then like you said, that's where that's probably where our story connects a little bit more. We found EMDR, Mm -hmm. found neurofeedback, Mm -hmm. and speaking for myself was, and I I've had conversations with people in my family and with you and with your dad, and like dramatic difference. Oh yeah, I I mean, with one of the ways that I understood. EMDR as well, was its ability to separate, you talked about this briefly, but the reality of a situation and the emotions that are attached to it, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of what happens within REM sleep. Right. And so I would think of these situations within family of like where a a situation maybe where there was a lot of anger, there was a lot of tension or Mm -hmm. there was yelling, there was a fight, there was something. Yeah. I'd think about that situation and I can remember the situation. Right. I can remember it clearly but when I think about it, I'm not back in that place. Like right. my heart rate doesn't come up. You know, my palms don't get sweaty when I think about this fight or some yeah. circumstance. You're that not would have...
0: right back there. I'm
1: not right back yeah. there again. And it's
0: not carrying oof. the weight of that trauma with yeah. you. Yeah. Literally. It separates the, yeah, it. it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it separates what EMDR does. Separates the Reality. emotion yeah. from the event.
1: Yeah. 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 And that powerful. is game-changing. Like, imagine, like, if you can think of circumstances in your life, like traumatic events in your life. And it can be anything. It can be fights with family. It could be issues with parents or with friends. It can
0: anything. be. There's so Yeah, many it, there's things, so like,
1: many things. It can be trauma, death, infidelity, anything. There's it,
0: even things that, like, maybe people would be like, oh, surely it's not that. But, like, mm-hmm. for some reason, your, um, your psyche has held on to yeah. it. You yeah. know, and and it's okay. Like it doesn't have to make sense because most of it doesn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so one of the things that it. was really powerful for me with EMDR is it it cut off the entire branch mm-hmm. of those emotions that were attached to situations. So a lot of like you might think like I need to go into all of these memories to like tackle them, and it was no. It was like I dealt with this like neuro pathway that was affecting all of these other things, like mm-hmm. a situation with family that was you know, attacking a quarter of my life and the decisions yeah. that I was making. And I dealt with that root cause of it mm-hmm. and allowed myself to process through what was happening and make mm-hmm. sense of it in my mind and in my my spirit. Yeah. And it, and it cut that whole branch off. Right. I didn't have to go through every, you know, every memory of family or something sure. like that.
0: So powerful.
1: Really, really powerful. And I was able to get access through that. So at this time, and... and we fully, fully acknowledge the expense that comes with these therapies. Like, it can be extremely, extremely expensive. So that's one thing I can speak to, because at the time, I wasn't making money. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I had a job. I'm I'm not saying I was broke, but, like, I I had some income coming in, but I was not making very much money at all.
0: Yeah, no, we were both, like, teenagers. Yeah, like 19,
1: 20 years old, you know, know, making either minimum wage or, or, Mm -hmm. or close to it. And so I, I, I was didn't making like 12. Yeah. I'm making 12 an hour. Something. And I had a few Taekwondo classes at the time. That's when I, when I was 18, I, I started doing my fitness training. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a couple boot camps. And, but
0: yeah, definitely but, not, especially like yeah. you lived out far and had to pay for gas right, and had to right. pay for a car. And yeah. all that. Yeah.
1: So I, I definitely didn't have resource to it. So, um, to, to spend $175 a session mm-hmm. for EMDR at some high level place. So, I was able to go to, at least here, I don't know if it's common everywhere else but I don't
0: know I'm sure there's tools everywhere yeah Um, you
1: just gotta you gotta look you gotta I do know that there are certain
0: therapists like everywhere that will work on a sliding scale right
1: so So. I I did something with uh, what was called an ecumenical center here and I do think those operate in different cities and stuff or some version of it so look it up you know do some research it does take some effort but Mm -hmm. with this place I was able to operate on a sliding scale Mm -hmm. where I could pay yeah same same with you where I could pay like fifty dollars a session um and at least go like once a week and it was a manageable amount you know two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars a month mm-hmm. as opposed to eight hundred a month totally. to try to go through these therapies yeah. and so I was able to do some individual therapy some EMDR um some somatic stuff some family tree stuff mm-hmm. on my own separate from you um and and be able to afford it in whatever capacity mm-hmm. I could. Um, and your dad was very generous in connecting us with these places and, and yeah. giving us some of the resources in order to facilitate these connections. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I would highly recommend doing in your city, wherever you are, do some research, look it up and try to find, um, some places that work on a sliding mm-hmm. scale, some therapists that do EMDR, that work on a sliding scale so you can get some reasonable coverage yeah um that was huge that was huge for me and so I did that for a while worked through a lot of these memories and these tensions these anxieties that I had even after that I felt like it was night and day yeah like different person I I could call people and not freak out and if you know my family (laughs) and you know me like calling is the worst thing that you can do literally (laughs) like in in my family growing up any, Unless you're my dad. My dad had no problem, like, calling and chewing out Dish Network or something. If, <laughs> if, they, if they were, like, their channels weren't there or something, yeah. you, you know, calling chew them out for 45 minutes to get the deal or something. That was no problem. But And then everything else, like, calling is probably the worst thing that could happen to you if you had to make a phone call with someone. There's so much anxiety attached to it. Don't have to deal with that anymore. Even just that from a business perspective, being able to communicate Oh yeah, with You would people, not have
0: lasted that long. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> There's no way.
1: You can't do anything if you can't just talk to people.
0: Yeah, for and
1: sure. And so that, that that was a big thing there. And then with neurofeedback, that was another game changer. But same thing. It, neurofeedback can be extremely expensive. It can be a lot. And so I was able to get access to a program through a local college here Mm -hmm. called UTSA Mm -hmm. um, where they're training people in neurofeedback. They're licensing people. Mark Jones. Yeah, Yeah. with Mark Jones. And so you are able to go still get your cue. You're still Mm -hmm. able to go through this full process and get a custom protocol for your brain and uh, brain and the brain mapping that they Mm -hmm. did. Um and go through the full protocol and yeah. it's free. Yep, absolutely free. I mean, it's
0: students. it's yeah, just it's students. but it's overseen by Doctor.
1: Exactly. Yeah. All the protocols are still looked at by uh, Doctor. Jones. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and, no, and it's a
0: great way.
1: Incredible program because uh-huh. there is no possible way that I could yeah. afford three, four thousand dollars or whatever it is For to sure. actually go through a full protocol with neurofeedback.
0: Right. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I want to say is like something we're very passionate about is it not being um a special thing like I want to increase access to these therapies and for sure and I don't want it to be like a privileged thing right um so that's something we're very passionate about
1: so I'm extremely grateful for the ecumenical center Mm -hmm. with the EMDR for UTSA and the access they gave me for neural feedback so I again encourage you Look up programs that might yeah. be in your area, local colleges or community colleges or whatever it may be. Even online now, maybe there's some options. Uh, neurofeedback, that'd be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I but, mean, I,
0: I can share the specific website. But, sure, um, we
1: can maybe link them in, exactly. in a bio or something yeah. or in a comment. But yeah, I mean, with those two things, it it was really game-changing for me. Like, I feel like, you know, five years ago, I was a different person. I, and I'm just dramatically different in the way mm-hmm. that I operated the...
0: Probably a little more than five years by now. A little,
1: yeah, maybe... Yeah, more, Sorry, probably more like, like six. Yeah. yeah, gosh, that's so crazy. Or it's going to be Almost 2023. Like 2023. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably six, six and a half years ago because it was before we got married. Yeah. And but just a different person in the confidence that I had in myself, the clarity that I had to make decisions and be confident and secure in them, Mm -hmm. whether they were right or wrong decisions. I could just walk that out with a sense of clarity. Yeah. Just dramatically, dramatically different person.
0: For sure. Something else I want to touch on that we don't have to go too deep into is, um, but that I do want to recognize is that we've both always had some kind of spiritual walk and or like relationship with God, a higher power. Um, and I do personally feel like that is just important. It's important to have something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we met in Christian church and we were involved for so long in that realm. We are not in that place anymore. Um, I don't really know if I consider myself a Christian right now. I don't really care to like define it. Um, I do personally believe in Jesus just because of the like re- very real encounters and sure. and relationship and experiences I've had with him specifically, but, um, but yeah, religion just isn't really anything to me right now, but I do just want to recognize that that relationship with God played a big part in our marriage absolutely. and in our relationship as well yeah. and um so in between all this also we had a relationship with God and specific encounters here and there that yeah. were like life-changing yeah, as well.
1: Absolutely. And I just
0: wanted to touch on that because I feel like it can easily get overlooked or or become too religious. I sure. think I think um we easily step into like okay, well then I have to define this and I have to make sense of this and like it doesn't have to be any of that. Yeah. Like to to me God is not like easily defined yeah. at all. I yeah. think that's what I can that's what I do know. Is yeah. that he doesn't fit in any little box or any perfectly <laughs> curated thing. Yeah. or even the Bible or or anything like that. And and so um yeah, I, but I just did want to touch on that. Yeah. That like this was also a big part of our journey and really helped us mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Um there was a lot of things that led to more trauma (laughs) when it comes to like the church stuff but that's That's yeah that's a whole other conversation that i don't care to get into at all right now yeah um again the the good part of what i wanted to focus on was the relationship with god having a higher power is something very important i feel and it really can be a really good and nice outlet yeah to have a kind of like some kind of prayer meditation, you know, some kind of quiet time and worship yeah. and stuff like that.
1: I think it can also keep you like very grounded and, and humble. Yeah. I think especially as like you pursue healing and you overcome a lot of these obstacles and you, you know, grow in your healing and your yeah. ability to express and, and all these things, to kind of get up on yourself a little bit. And I think believing that it's in service of people and it's in service of what's around you and it's mm. in service of nature and it's in yeah. service of God that you are finding this healing. It yeah. actually is for it the betterment the of the world. Good. Exactly. Yeah. Then yeah. It, it it humbles you. It kind of makes you smaller and yes. it, it makes you ex- it's a good ego check. Yeah. It's like yeah. makes you insignificant and very significant at the same totally. time. Which to me is like what humility is. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of it too.
0: For sure. So I feel like that's a good place to stop. Yeah. Like leave off on. Um, I, you know, I know that we'll have so many more conversations about all this. Um, if you guys have any questions for us, please let us know. As always, um, you know where to find us. <laughs> Our DMs are always open. We're yeah. always happy to talk about this stuff. I have reached out to so many random people and strangers. On Instagram, anytime I come across a comment that is somebody just struggling, like, I will DM them. And I've made friends. Like, I yeah. have a really good friend that's in San Diego now. Shout out to you, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, pretty good friends now. And and we met through Instagram. And I think it's yeah. really cool. And she started doing some of these therapies, too. And so maybe having someone like her on or something in yeah. the future, um, just to hear different perspectives and different um mental health journeys and 100 percent um yeah it's a really good topic though we can go on and on on for hours about it because we're so passionate about it and because it's been such a big part of our stories um and we just want everyone to experience that freedom we want everyone to know that there is hope and there is a light yeah like just trust when I say that I didn't know that that was possible and so I just want to encourage you like it is possible to feel better and to get out of the pit that you feel like you're in
1: yeah like it's so hard before you do any of these things to see that it could possibly act like actually make anything different and that's the way I mean I grew up like like you said like therapy was always kind of a a voodoo thing Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a waste of time and money like it's, it's like it,
0: people who are on a psychotic break yeah like, yeah like crazy something. people yeah. go
1: get therapy yeah. you you are fine and
0: i was crazy <laughs> yeah,
1: <really? laughs>
0: like i was like right. I, I was really struggling times, like, yeah, yeah and i was suicidal and like okay well what would you like be put on suicide watch or would right. you be just put in a mental institute like that is what the world or whatever mm-hmm. like what society would say happens but it doesn't have to get to that point right you know right
1: like you can and you don't have early. to feel insane yeah yeah
0: because you're not it's you're really normal
1: yeah so just no there is like legitimately like you can change in, in the anxiety that you think is normal and all of the things that you have familiarized yourself with in your life that are negative don't have to be there there are options there are tools and opportunities out there to help you and I'm I'm first person speaking through that of like being incredibly anxious and coming to the other side and not being as anxious yes. and my voice dropping and my ability to just mm-hmm. breathe and talk to people and communicate clearly and not feel all of the yeah, the sweatiness and the high heart rate and like totally. all the stuff. The
0: hijackings.
1: The, yeah, the self-sabotage, all of those things have allowed us to have the capacity like we talked to full circle at the very beginning of having all of these different businesses and have creative endeavors mm-hmm. and not lose our minds in the midst of it it's very difficult yeah. it's been extremely trying but we've been okay with in our marriage and we've oh, yeah. been okay with in our mental health and way we can mm-hmm. actually process we can actually sit through these things and not feel like we're going crazy yes and that's incredibly powerful
0: the last thing I'll say is that I know it can be really difficult to just be vulnerable, like yeah, to admit that sure. you're not OK and to admit that you need help. Those things are very difficult. And I think we all grew up in um, in echo chambers that did say, like, you're weird or you're crazy mm-hmm. if you need help. And that's just not true. And, and so I want to encourage you to just be bold the one time and make the call. Or, you know, look up the set therapist, like, yes, at the appointment, like, yeah, set the appointment yeah. and just take it one step at a time because it is possible to feel better. And and then just do it again and again and again. And yeah. like you will be OK. And and is it hard to be vulnerable? Yeah. But is it worse to oh. be like a victim Stuck or a and... slave to your own life mm-hmm. and, and be hijacked and on autopilot? It's way 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 worse you can do it you can be vulnerable and honest and it's so authentic with where you're at yeah
1: so worth any i mean i was able to find reasonable options but it was a very high price for me to pay then it was still 10 15 percent of my income that i didn't necessarily feel like i had but
0: there was a lot of sacrifice it's uncomfortable and beyond worth it it was a little bit nerve-wracking and sometimes i just really didn't want to go and i dragged my feet but i but i did it yeah and i'm really proud that we did and i'm glad that we did us
1: (laughs) five and a half years later
0: yeah and really i mean we have a mug that says forever newlyweds it's kind of our thing just like We'll always be newlyweds, or mm-hmm. be, we'll always be as happy as newlyweds, because there were so many people that told us like, oh, just wait until year one is over, wait mm-hmm. until the honeymoon's over, the honeymoon phase or whatever, right. wait until year three, wait until oh, okay, but if you get to year seven or ten, like you're gonna then you're <sighs> gonna feel it, like, and so we always just combated those with like, mm, we're mm. gonna be forever newlyweds, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. and-
1: To literally be in a place that legitimately, like I honestly mean it, that we're closer and more in love and communicate better and are more intentional with our time with each other Mm -hmm. than ever before. than even on our honeymoon, like just like we say
0: it all the time, but just when you think it can't get better, it does. And somehow I love you more and Mm. somehow the next day I love you even more. And like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But the only thing that does is the tools that got us yeah,
1: here. Yeah, 100%. Your ability to, pro- I mean, because since then, since being married, we've de- dealt with extreme trauma and extreme circumstances that have been wild and not easy to deal with at all within our businesses, within relationships. It's been crazy. But we have tools to be able to process through those things. Yeah. Our brain knows how to ride that wave of this is anxiety inducing come back to level figure it out breathe be and move forward yeah and that's life-changing
0: yeah yeah cool i think that's a good place to stop for sure this time (laughs) (laughs) round two thank you guys for joining us as always we really appreciate you just listening and caring at all what we have to say and what we have to talk about and um i hope you found some kind of encouragement in and this value. and if you did please engage with our stuff let us know um by leaving a comment liking it sharing it saving it doing all those fun things and subscribing to our youtube channel yes
1: <laughs> leave us a five-star review on podcast oh, yeah. apps i don't know if spotify, i think ton. spotify does it now too but like a apple podcast leave five we're on stars on all the
0: social medias we're on tiktok we're on instagram yeah We're trying to get better at YouTube shorts, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, we really appreciate your engagement with our stuff. And we will see you next time.
1: Peace.